Good morning. This is George Ristoff from Weikert Realtors All Pro. Thanks for joining us today on All Pro TV. Uh, important uh, to remember, uh, let's, let's make it a great day today, and let's hopefully have a good discussion today about some uh, important topics uh, that are out there in the marketplace, uh, and also to uh, be in a uh, position that we uh, keep our minds open uh, for new concepts as we move forward. Uh, just a little shout out today to uh, Bill Applinall. Happy birthday, Bill. Bill's one of our uh, longtime agents. He's been with the company since its formation in uh, 1991. So, Billy, uh, have a great day today, and hopefully we'll see you a little bit later. Uh, also, a uh, wedding anniversary uh, for me to note uh, for my family. It would have been my mom and dad's 70th wedding anniversary uh, today if they were still uh, both with, with us. So, uh, mom and dad, uh, hopefully uh, you're enjoying yourselves. Uh, on the, at the next level, and uh, hopefully, uh, again, uh, we as your, your five kids are going to be remembering, again, your uh, wedding anniversary today, uh, original date, October 8, 1949, a long time ago, Gino. Gino uh, Pronos is here with Jeez. us today. I don't know if I'm ever going to get to meet them, though, because uh, I don't know if I'm going that way. Well, it's over. I, I think you have a lot of room there, uh, Gino. It's a long, long time to, uh, to continue your good works as you've been doing here at... Uh, Weikert Realtors All Pro. Yep. Um, thanks for that good intro, George. So, um, frankly, I have no idea what we're going to talk about today. Well, that's good because sometimes those are the best. Yeah. Uh, Less prepared we are, I think uh, we have no choice but to be honest in the moment. No, nothing to, nothing to think about beforehand. Good. Good. So, uh, we should acknowledge first that we're in a new setting uh, today. If you've been following uh, our shows in the past, uh, we're uh, now at our uh, new studio, uh, also at the uh, Weikert Realtors office over on Grand Avenue. Uh, so hopefully uh, all of our agents and uh, many uh, future guests will be taking advantage of this uh, fine facility, uh, which has been uh, has been uh, put together by uh, Gino Pronos and its uh, origin from uh, pretty raw space into uh, the spot uh, right now where it's a nice, uh, very nice uh, functional uh, studio and ready to go for exciting and intriguing ideas as we move forward uh, in our real estate careers. Well, it will be one day. It's under construction right now, but... Uh, We're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. It's uh, come, come a long way from where it was. So one day soon, but definitely ready to be used. So let's not just leave it sitting here dormant any longer. Let's uh, get some people in here. Good. That sounds great. So do you have an idea of a first question for me, Gino, today, or you just want me to go off on my own tangent? Yeah. I want to know... Uh, What's going on in the world of George? The world of George. Uh, George is continuing to move forward, uh, trying to have a uh, life balance as best uh, possible, and mm. uh, just got back from a couple of days out of town, so uh, ref refreshed and uh, ready to go uh, back to work. Uh, the, the nice thing about our business these days from what it used to be in the past is that uh, we can still stay in communication uh, at all times with our uh, agent base, with our clients, and with other inquiries that might come in. So sometimes a little bit easier to just take the break and get away. Uh, would be nice if it was 100% break uh, complete from business, but that's probably not the reality in the world that we live in today. So we do our best uh, with that, but uh, feeling good and, and coming back and ready to great, uh, get going for a great October. Yeah, we. Uh, as long as we have a cell phone in our pocket, we can pretty much run our business at all times, 24-7, right? We don't have to uh, have a dedicated space necessarily anymore. Um, 
which is one of the great things about how technology is integrating into our lives and into our businesses. Um, I see you always, you're, you're running a high level business here with uh, nothing more than an iPhone in your pocket at all times. So, you know, I think that speaks volumes to uh, what can be done uh, in today's world. So I find that kind of fascinating. I think it's a blending uh, mostly of just the, uh, the, some, uh, the, the successes of the past, uh, hopefully, and trying to continue that, but then also trying to stay on top of uh, new innovations in the marketplace. Uh, just, uh, for example, just our own ability to have our own uh, all pro TV going and then uh, mm -hmm. our social media uh, advances that we've made with the company have been outstanding uh, over the last uh, couple of years. Yeah, I think it should be very encouraging to anybody who's uh, new to the business as well because uh, given all the, the technology and tools that we can leverage today, you know, it doesn't really take a lot to, uh, to get up and running. So, you know, because really the, the biggest key in this business is communication, right? And now that we Absolutely. have all these tools, we can communicate with anybody in the world instantly. Back in the day, before cell phones, or before email, maybe you know you'll have a better idea of this than me. You know, I, I bet it. W I bet it took a lot longer to uh, create that that line between yourself and the clients and everybody else involved. You know, in a transaction. So maybe you can speak about that and how that's. You know, it's uh, it's really a, a great question, and I think of it often uh, because when I started in the business many uh, long years ago, uh, we did not have all of the modern conveniences. Uh, which were uh, email and uh, and obviously our uh, our sophisticated phones and even fax machines weren't invented yet. That's when I was there at the beginning of the business. So what did we have to rely on? We relied on first class mail, and so attorneys under attorney review, which is still was was occasionally part of the process. There was not really a, even a built-in attorney review provision in those uh, original real estate contracts, which were one page long and sometimes uh, were uh, a second page added for some riders. Uh, but it, uh, we've expanded now. It's been blown up to 13 pages. Uh, it's great. It gives additional protections uh, to buyers and to sellers along the way. But sometimes I ponder back and think, wow, how did we get these deals closed with a one-page contract and with just uh, the communications level that we had? But uh, the miraculous part of it, I think, in those days is that there was uh, communication that was always going on uh, we had uh, good backup uh, potentially in our offices uh, that would be handling a lot of the administrative tasks. And uh, ultimately, uh, we were able to oftentimes hit 30-day uh, deadlines on closings, uh, pretty much a matter of course. So if I had to say that the systems, uh, all of the technology and all of the advances have aided in the process, uh, then I would say uh, that's kind of a toss-up at this point. One thing that I would note is uh, with the new regulatory uh, issues that have popped up and banking and the delivery of, of uh, mortgages into the secondary market for sale, there is so much documentation that's required today that most of the delays hit in the loan process itself. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it really is not an issue uh, oftentimes with the attorneys or certainly very seldom with the brokers, but just trying to get it to the finish line uh, is uh, is also a challenge, and most of it just goes to documentation uh, by lenders. And in my opinion, uh, of course, uh, over documentation in in many circumstances. But uh, the lenders have to do their uh, thing, and we have to try to do our thing. And we still have uh, deadlines that we try to make, 
uh, on deals, but our, our typical closing timeframes uh, today are around 45 days. Uh, when I first started in the business, as I mentioned earlier, we could try to get these things done uh, typically in, uh, in 30 days, sometimes even 21 days. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it was the lender scenarios. We'd go in, the lender would approve a, a loan within a week uh, to 10 days, and then the attorneys would have uh, the title ordered and uh, get their survey, and then we'd be ready to close. So a little, little bit of a change. Uh, going, flipping back to that other comment, too, about space, certainly it's a different environment that we uh, live in today. Uh, but uh, for me, I still have my own space, limited space, but I have my own space. And for me, it's easier to stay organized uh, doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, many individuals have home office. Uh, many times their car is their office because they're on the road. Uh, but uh, for me, uh, that works. It's, but again, it's uh, worked uh, mostly because it's been, uh, it's been done by rote uh, and it's been done in the past so often that you would just develop a comfort level for your process. And uh, that's that's kind of where we're at right now. Mm. Well, like I was saying before, I think that uh, is should be extremely encouraging to new people or people considering getting into real estate because uh, you don't really need much more than a cell phone and a good personality, and you can make things happen. You know, um, of course, you're going to need. It's always nice to have a workspace. Always nice to stay organized and everything like that. But um, if you're, if it's something that you've been considering, then you shouldn't have to think that you need a lot to get started. You know, you, do, you don't need a lot of money to get started. You don't need a lot of um, tools, you know, so there's not a lot coming out of pocket on day one. Right. So I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I think entrepreneurship is really the key uh, to our business. And anyone that's been an entrepreneur uh, in the past uh, had uh, significant costs associated with getting into their business. For example, mm -hmm. let's say, uh, 100 years ago, or let's say 20 years ago, you decided, decided to start a shoe store. And uh, what would you need to do? Well, for you'd have to get the space. You could buy it or you could lease it. And then you'd have to renovate the space. Then you'd have to make it appealing uh, to the public if they were going to be coming in to buy shoes, right? Yeah. And then ultimately, you'd have to hire some people to be able to uh, uh, check out and uh, display the, the wares uh, of, the, uh, of the shoe store itself. And then ultimately, you'd have to have inventory hmm. uh, because you couldn't have somebody coming in and asking for a size 7 uh, B shoe, and then all you have on the rack are size 11 uh, Ds. Hmm. Uh, so you have to have a, a big inventory. You have to stay on top of styles. And you have to do all of those things. And that's associated with any kind of, a, of an entrepreneurial business, whether it's a restaurant, uh, whether it's a manufacturing company. There's a huge outlay of capital. Uh, the plus side of our business with real estate is that we don't necessarily need to have a lot of capital to start, as you noted. Uh, we can uh, have the ability to plug into systems. Uh, that's one of the reasons why we affiliated with Weikert Realtors All Pro, because that gave us the ability to plug into existence that were tried and true systems that had been in place for uh, itself about 50 years. Uh, and it, uh, Mr. Weikert, uh, Jim Weikert, was the founder of the company. Uh, and uh, is still uh, at the helm of the company. And uh, their 50-year anniversary uh, is going to be coming up uh, this year sometime because I remember he opened up his first office in 1969. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're hitting the 50-year mark. So all of the uh, trials and tribulations of running a real estate company, many of the, uh, of the loose ends have been knocked out over the years. And of course, we put our own positive spin to it. We have complete flexibility on our side uh, to uh, be able to run our own business, but we have that 
ability to, to uh, plug into the, uh, the experience that uh, Weikert Realtors uh, has brought uh, us along the way. Yeah, which is uh, why it's very, very important to, or it's a big advantage to be able to uh, plug into a franchise in this type of business because you don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? There's already systems in place. There's, there's tools you can leverage, you know, every step of the way, there's something for you. I agree. Yeah, completely, completely. Uh, I've had that uh, ongoing experience myself and been through uh, several different phases uh, from being an independent initially to being affiliated with a large franchise to uh, coming back into the business after a short hiatus uh, as an independent and then affiliating with another franchise and then finally uh, with Weikert. So this is our uh, fifth uh, business image. Uh, Mm -hmm. Consistency has always been there at the top as the owner of the company. I hopefully have been able to provide that, but we've still had uh, some different uh, imagery and uh, our affiliation with Weikert is uh, twofold. We uh, are looking to, to try to provide uh, to our clients uh, the, the best services uh, that are potentially available and then our, to our agent base because we want them to uh, take the ideas that uh, they pick up uh, from us and then be able to uh, carry those, transport those over uh, to their clients and then ultimately do the best job possible for them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, again, the, having having the franchise there and then also having your uh, company leader like yourself there to kind of guide everybody, there's, uh, there's really no excuse, I think, to getting, getting something done in this business as long as uh, you have the drive to do so. Because, I mean, there's 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 no reason why you can't. You know what I mean? There's no, it's just a matter of of doing it. It's a matter of showing up. That's what I think. Um, Yeah, I I completely agree. And uh, you can imagine uh, through the years how many different uh, sales associates that we've had with the company. And I have not seen a a huge correlation between a lot of factors except the uh, desire to be successful, uh, I think, is the key. And uh, that can be, you know, termed many different ways. But if the individual wants to be successful, they have the tools available uh, to it, and then the, the know-how, and then the drive. And they're not afraid of uh, failure, uh, yeah. because in our business, uh, it's very easy to say, "Oh boy, it doesn't look like I'm uh, cut out for this business," uh, because I've had some uh, uh, adverse uh, scenarios where people have said no to me. Well, again, uh, many, many times, uh, especially as we uh, deal with our society, uh, individuals uh, that are newer to the business maybe have never had uh, that no tossed at them. Yeah. Whereas in the past, we, boy, we used to get no's all the time. And you know, if we, whether it was a cranky no or whether it was a happy no or whether it was just a no thanks mm-hmm. along the way, it still uh, counts as a no. And then ultimately, uh, what we're trying to do is uh, ask enough individuals along the way if they need our help so that we'll provide some yeses. And enough yeses provided uh, along the way, then that puts us in a position that we can be uh, potentially successful with with the way we run our business. Hmm. I think expectations are not set correctly for uh, people getting into the business. You know, obviously, most people nowadays are just going to go online and kind of do some research like that. Um, before picking a pre-licensed school and then the process takes over from there. But I think people think it's going to be a lot different and a lot easier than it really is. Um, I would agree. They don't, 
when when someone's trying to sell you on uh, getting your real estate license or joining a company, they don't really tend to tell you what it's really like in the day to day, which sometimes it's uh, it's not pleasant. You know, you got to work in the trenches where it's uh, it sucks oftentimes, uh, but you got to push through those things to get to the promised land, I guess. And uh, that's stuff that they really don't tell you. So I think people think they're going to get their license, they're going to join a company, and then they're just going to sit back and watch the checks roll in. But they don't understand that it, it takes a real amount of work. You know what I mean? You know, people want to have these lives where they can have their own uh, business as, as an agent, you know, call their own shots um, and make make a little, you know, enough money to uh, to uh, to live. But they don't ever consider the part that it actually takes work to do that. Like if you have if you have the audacity to want a life like that, you're going to have to work hard. Right. You're right? probably going to work a lot harder th in that than. Uh, than any other position you've had. Mm. Uh, but again, it comes back to that entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. Uh, many individuals are coming from a, an environment where uh, mom and dad or both worked uh, for a set number of hours and received a check uh, at the end of the week. Yeah. And if they did well with their job, uh, then they were in the position where they got uh, a small uh, raise or their hourly wage went up. Uh, as they continue to, to be in the business and, uh, or to uh, work for that company. And then uh, individuals, even our uh, you know, new uh, folks coming into the business, uh, oftentimes they've had a similar path, and that's just part of growing up. Uh, yeah. So whether you worked in the video store, uh, are there any video stores out there anymore, Gino? Not too many. I think there's, I think there's one blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, left. one. Uh, just uh, a concept, again, from 20 years ago that exploded, and uh, technology's obviously changed that. Uh, fast food hasn't been changed yet, although when I went to uh, McDonald's recently, uh, they, uh, they tried to force me over to the machine to... Uh, to, to do a yeah. tap order, and uh, of course, and you knowing my uh, my history on it, uh, I went uh, directly to the clerk and I uh, uh, the cashier, and I took I placed my order there. And I also left her just with a little idea that individuals that are still doing that are helping to preserve uh, the jobs for uh, those individuals. So there is has to be a balance. Uh, not anti technology. Certainly, we're very much pro technology, uh, but the the balancing that we see in the real estate industry is that uh, buying a home is really uh, the most important decision most individuals are gonna make in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. And as a result, uh, they're going to need some support to be able to do that. And that's kind of our role, uh, whether uh, it's a, uh, working as a buyer's agent, uh, getting those individuals their first time home, uh, in that we're not only just showing them homes, we're explaining concepts to them. We're helping them understand financing concepts, many things that are completely foreign uh, to them. Mm -hmm. And that's really our role. And then we're providing them the, the, the support along the way to get uh, to the finish line and get the house uh, that they want. And sellers, uh, similarly, uh, when they need to sell their home, they're going to need some support too, because selling a home uh, statistically uh, has uh, been shown as one of the three or four most stressful things uh, that individuals go through in their entire life. Mm -hmm. uh, and so ultimately, we're there uh, kind of as a consultant, we're there to uh, hopefully help them through the process. And the more individuals that you can help through the process in any given time frame, the more successful you're going to be. And uh, so that's, that's kind of the way that we, we see the business. And, and ultimately, uh, we hope that our agents are, are similarly uh, uh, trained and similarly understand how personal uh, this, uh, this business is. And it's, it, there are other ways to approach the business from a transactional perspective. 
But as you start to set individual goals as a salesperson, uh, if the transactional uh, part outweighs the uh, the the connection uh, that you would have to the, the personalities or the families that are involved in the transactions. That's where sometimes uh, things get out of kilter. So mm -hmm. we want to keep a balance uh, on that balance, just like anything else in life, balance is, is critical. Uh, but uh, we still want to be in a position that uh, we make sure that we hit uh, the target uh, most of the time as we move forward. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting to talk about, but we don't really know how it's going to play out yet. I think it's a little too early on. Um, I don't think I don't think the the person to person interaction is going anywhere anytime soon. But um, it is changing, and I think it's going to continue to change. But I have no idea what that's actually going to look like when we hit the next phase. Let's say. Um, yeah. One of the things we never we never know what phase we're in, right? Yeah, that too. Uh, we don't know if we're at the beginning of a phase or at the end of a phase or somewhere lurking yeah. in the middle of a phase. And there's always a new phase, a new product, a new, uh, a new idea to take a look at and to measure mm -hmm. as we go forward. I know you're seeing that right up front all the time, uh, right? You're on the, the cutting edge and through your experience and through your education, you've been able to uh, grab onto all of these new concepts and, and kind of play them out in your mind. What do you see, Gino, as your uh, challenge? Uh, that you have as you uh, have the role as the social uh, uh, social media uh, coordinator here at the uh, at the company. Well, I think we are definitely right in the middle of a transitional of a transition. So I think we are going to start seeing less and less person to person interaction through the process. You know, because I think I think part of the process can be brought. Um, to be, to be made a little bit more efficient through, let's say, I don't know, some random software, you know what I mean, that can maybe keep everything on track as you go. Sure. Right. It, something as simple as uh, signing documents, you know, that game is kind of sped up now because you can just send it via email, they, they e-sign it, send it back, and it's done, you know, right. within a couple of minutes. So stuff like that, I think, can be polished up throughout the process. I think it's going to continue to happen. Plus, I think the mindset of the consumer uh, as we move forward, is changing. You know, eventually, you know, all the, uh, let's say, uh, old school thinkers are going to be wiped out. It's just inevitable. And then people... Certainly age will wipe them out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> In 20, 30, 40 years from now, whenever... Whatever that, it is, I mean... They're going to be wiped out, right? Eventually, so what, everybody the, in the market is going to be... They will have already been primed to, uh, to think this way and to operate this way. So I think eventually, no one's really going to care about the face-to-face -face interaction just because when they were born, they were already burying their face in their phone from minute one. And so as they grow up, they just become very used to that process. So they don't really care about talking to people as much. So does that mean the agent will be completely wiped out? I don't know. But I think that little by little, um, the necessity for the face-to-face -face interaction for the agent is going to dwindle down. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. But what do I know? Pretty much nothing. So We'll see, but that's kind of that's what I think because I, I just think people don't care as much. I think people will go on. I think people are fine to go on Google and just search for something and then take it at face value because that's just what they've always done. Is it right or wrong? Not for me to say, but I think that's what I'm seeing with people. Um, even though it's a very important decision, it's the biggest you know investment you're going to make in your life, like you said, uh, when you buy a home, I think people will not really care about the severity of that as much. 
as they used to. I think they'll literally just go on Google, search for whatever, exactly what they want, they'll get it instantly, and then they'll take it for exactly whatever random page they click on says. Okay. So Just like the, the same way they'd buy a hat or a pair of socks. Yeah. I think people, I think uh, as, as the media side grows as well, even with these 3D tours and stuff like that, um, people will be able to become more immersed into the, the searching process. So I think maybe eventually people won't even care about stepping into a home before they buy it because they'll be able to get such a good experience in VR or AR um, where they'll just be able to get enough sense of the home by putting on their headset that they'll be fine to purchase it like that eventually. I'm not saying that's going to be in our lifetime necessarily, but you know, I think, I think we're moving towards that uh, a little more every day, and I think that the companies who recognize that and are willing to admit it are the ones who are going to stay in business. I, but I also think there's a lot of companies out there who are just too proud. They're too romantic about how things have been up till now. And I think that um, they're going to be cannibalized by all this stuff. The Internet's going to swallow them up, and that's going to be that. But I, I think that that's only going to happen if they remain too proud to admit what's going on. Now, in other industries, not just real estate, but you see it happening all the time. Companies, big companies going out of business because they're trying to fight what's happening, I think. You know what I mean? They're trying to keep stores open, retail stores open, and people are, are proving more and more every day that they don't care about going into the stores anymore for a lot of things. So instead of taking their business online where they could probably survive, they just, you know, they just stay, um, they stay romantic about the past and then they lose. So, with that said, um, I'm not going to make any comments. It's hard to give up the past romances, though, sometimes, Gino. It's true, but, I mean. It's a business reality, obviously. It's reality, exactly. Right. So, everyone's got a choice. Every, uh, every you know, CEO, every owner of a company has a choice. And they can just say that they're fine with how it is and how it's always been. And they can just hold on as long as they can. Or they can admit that things are different and that... If nothing else, there's more stuff available. So if you're not going to bother using it, you're not, you're not, uh, you know, squeezing it for what it's worth. You're not getting as much out of it as you could. So that's a liability as well. Sure. Um, but yeah, that's what I think. Is is any of that proven to be true? Not yet. Will it ever? Maybe not. I don't know. But that's what I think. That's what my intuition says. So we'll have to see. Yeah. Time will tell, as we say along the way, right? Yeah, it will. Um, yeah, but I think, uh, uh, I think it's, I think it's a wonderful time to get into the business because it doesn't take a lot. Like we already discussed, I think that, uh, if you can't make it in today's world, um, you're just soft because there's no excuse anymore. Um, kind of envy people, like, people like you, George, who, actually made it happen back in the day when it was much, much harder. It took a lot more time. It took a lot more effort, I think. Um, and people today, they don't seem to recognize that because they're spoiled with all this stuff. And, you know, just just literally as long as you have a cell phone, which everybody does, you can, you can start your own business and, you know, make a good life for yourself. But people, people just, I, I, I don't think people seem to recognize that. One of the things you noted right at the beginning of our discussion today uh, was the question of uh, individuals not getting 
not having a firm understanding of what they're doing when they get into the business. Yeah, that and too. Then, uh, and ultimately, they get in, and then they're uh, over their head because they expect uh, there to be immediate success or some level of success, mm-hmm. and they just don't see it happening uh, to them. So analytically, as we take a look at uh, the marketplace, that's what we really see. Uh, and we uh, are oftentimes in a position that uh, we uh, try to uh, give good counsel to uh, new agents that are coming in uh, to the business and make sure that uh, they have a, a legitimate understanding uh, of, uh, you know, of how things work. Uh, one of the challenges I think that we always have is that uh, the license exam itself is a time-consuming process. Mm-hmm. You have to pay for it mm-hmm. to the tune of maybe $500 to, uh, to take the exam. You have to study very hard for it. And then ultimately, uh, you have to pass not only the uh, class where you're signed up, the pre-license program, but you also have to uh, pass the state exam. Mm-hmm. And then you have to spend some money, uh, which would be uh, your board dues, uh, typically if you're going to be a realtor. And that's all expensive. Uh, along the way. So setting the expectations up front, real important that if you had reservations about it, that you would ask along the way uh, and that you would have that chance to meet with the managing broker or one of the key associates uh, in a given office. And that should help you um, form uh, your ideas uh, about the, uh, the process itself. One of the challenging things, though, that I think that many individuals uh, don't get is that they take the class uh, itself and the class is basically as a is a law class. Mm-hmm. When I was uh, an attorney uh, and practicing in my first year of law school, uh, after that I went and the, the test was a lot uh, less challenging than it is today. But from my classes in law school, I went in and I took the real estate brokers exam, uh, which was the higher level exam in those days. Uh, we had a salesperson's license and we had a, a broker's uh, license, and I took the broker's exam and I was able to pass it. And because I had had those classes, for the most part, in my first year of law, those were classes in contracts and property uh, and uh, contracts in principal and agency, which is basically what we are. We are agents to the principal. Mm-hmm. So those things I, I had, and you could pass it. So many other individuals, when they come in and they take their exam, they eventually overcome the challenges. And many today have uh, the same challenges we had back then. It's a vocabulary uh, question. Uh, these terms go back hundreds and hundreds of years, many to feudal times, a thousand years, and uh, ultimately they've carried over today. So you have to understand the past to be able to deal with the vocabulary mm-hmm. of the business itself. And then ultimately uh, they master that, uh, and then uh, they find out and learn the license laws of their particular state, Illinois, in our example here. Mm-hmm. And then uh, with the grace of the Lord and with, all, with their hard work, they pass the exam. Now, what I tell our individuals, though, when they come to work for us, that the correlation between what you've learned in the licensing class and a sales career is is relatively small. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say maybe a 10% carryover of yep. the things that you learned in the licensing class. Is it, it gives you the background. It puts you on uh, strong ground so that you know the right things to do, hopefully, and the things that you're not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But it does not really teach you the sales process. And right. if you don't understand the sales process along the way, then uh, now you're going to still be uh, challenged. I, I don't care if you uh, scored 100% on the license exam. It's really not about that. It's really a contact business. It's a people business. Yes. And ultimately, how you reach those people, whether it's direct contact or 
whether you reach them uh, online, uh, through the internet, through different uh, options that are out there. That's that's really the, the thing that you have to take note of. So um, uh, perhaps we can do a little bit better job ourselves uh, at the local level. However, many, many times we don't ever get that phone call because they've gone through the license process. They found out about it on their own. Yeah. They've opted, well, I'm not going to really talk to anybody about it. I'm just going to go take this exam. Yep. And then they take this exam, and then eventually they do that. And the most dangerous part of this entire process is that many, many individuals, once they pass the examination, then they affiliate with a company that does not have a strength in uh, the education and the training side. Mm -hmm. So I see it all the time uh, because we have, of course, thousands of agents in our multiple listing service. But uh, a, uh, uh, a number of them just don't understand the basics of the business and they're kind of out there. And the hope here is that uh, they would all have met certain standards and have been properly trained uh, before they're in a position that uh, they, ha they face the challenges of the business because there's no practice around uh, in, uh, in real estate. Uh, we're dealing with a live buyer or a live seller, and there's definitely consequences uh, that are long-term consequences to how we perform. Right. Um, you nailed it at the beginning, which is when you said... Uh, Basically, the pre-licensed class doesn't teach you how to be a real estate agent, really. So that's what makes it all that more, much more important to get linked up with the right company once you've passed the state exam. Now, at that point, though, people, unfortunately, don't really know any better, most likely. Right. right. So they're going to go to the company that seems the most appealing, which is basically going to be if there's whatever the lowest cost is, is probably what, you know, someone's going to pick. So... I think that's that's a big challenge. I think that's I think that's one area where the industry as a whole could improve, because I think, like as you said, it is dangerous for people when they do that. Because if you get linked up with the wrong company, you already don't know any better, and they're not offering you proper training. Now you're just kind of out there on your own island, figuring it out as you go. And some people maybe that's better for them because that's how people learn. But for most people, I think that is going to, you know, lead to their untimely demise in, in this <laughs> in real estate yeah, so you're on point on that one um is there anything that you can see where we can kind of clean that up a little bit uh really not uh not feasible i think again it goes back to the individual uh agent's choice once they pass the examination of trying to do their due diligence on yes. the firms uh, that are there and i kind of categorize them into two uh categories mm -hmm. uh there's uh, firms that will just kind of sign you up and you're licensed and that's it. Uh, there's other firms that are very strong on the training side. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and like with our firm, uh, we have uh, programs that are in place so that uh, new individuals are not uh, out there on their own, uh, that they have a lot of management support at multiple levels. Uh, one of our programs, which is called the Partner Up Program, uh, permits our agents uh, or uh, requires our agents actually to work with one of our experienced uh, sales managers uh, within mm -hmm. the company or one of our experienced agents so that they're not out there on their own. Uh, we want them to, like any job, uh, whether you're an electrician or a plumber, uh, on your first day on the job, uh, you ne don't necessarily want to go into the electric box uh, and, yeah. uh, and experiment. Uh, right. Although you might know some more things in that uh, area from the schooling itself, uh, but you'd like to have uh, uh, you know, a situation where you have more of that. And that's why we have these different programs of apprenticeship and, uh, and journeyman and other things which are uh, more 
the trades, uh, but that's not a bad thing. Uh, and we are hopefully going to be in a position here that individuals uh, come in and uh, they have that opportunity to learn. Now, many individuals think they have the answers uh, because, again, they did well in the exam. Mm -hmm. But the practicality of how it works in the real world is sometimes different than what you expect. Exactly. Um, so let's, let's just make one more final point here. Sure. Um, so let's just say you're somebody who just finished your pre-license course. You just passed the state exam. And now you're ready to actually start operating. So in a very practical way, what would you recommend this, uh, this agent do or prospective agent do? Um, should they, should they take face-to-face -face meetings with, you know, as many companies, as many managing brokers as they could? Um, should they look online? You know, what do you think someone should, should do to get the best possible, um, to find the best possible, uh, match for them? Yeah. Well, uh, I think we probably already know the answer to that one because I'm coming from the personal contact uh, yeah. background uh, on it. And uh, everyone is, uh, is again, different on that. Uh, some would ask for a recommendation. Let's say you're going to go to a restaurant and you want to find out uh, the best uh, pizza place uh, in a given mm -hmm. area. Are, uh, are you going to be more apt to go online and read uh, Yelp reviews? Yes. Uh, or are you going to possibly know somebody that lives in the community and say, hey, what's the best pizza place uh, in the area? So those, again, are two uh, common, uh, two uncommon uh, directions of where you can come at the problem. And then I, I think probably, uh, or the, the challenge instead of a problem, but I think probably a little dose of both is appropriate. Mm -hmm. uh, so if either side gets too far out of kilter, uh, if your friend that's recommending the pizza place gives a, pla a pizza place that you don't really think is very good, ultimately, if you've been there, uh, because that was their own personal taste, mm -hmm. uh, then that's one way to go. It could be faulty. Uh, on the flip side, uh, oftentimes uh, when we do uh, just rely on the uh, online uh, side, uh, you can uh, sometimes fall into, uh, into traps. Uh, also, where you don't have the uh, the individual connection uh, to it is you might in a humanistic uh, scenario. So ultimately, I think it's nice to have a blend. I would probably uh, do uh, some research uh, online. I think that there's a local aspect uh, to the business that's important in real estate. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why we've established our four offices in uh, key locations, uh, which would include the entire north side of the city, the northwest uh, side of the city and also the northwestern suburbs so that they would be conveniently located uh, for our agent base uh, because uh, best uh, uh, best possibilities uh, down there uh, even uh, if someone is quite a distance away they should still be coming into our hub for training classes and the like so mm -hmm. some proximity to one of the offices it would be an important factor I would think and then ultimately uh, I would really evaluate the, the training side you know of the business because uh, you know, individuals that are just working on a straight commission basis can be enticed by getting a very high commission split uh, or yeah. paying a small fee and getting even a higher commission split. However, uh, at the bottom line of the transaction, uh, or at the end of the bottom line of your fiscal year, uh, is it better to have made uh, eight or 10 or 12 transactions in your first year and have, uh, have a little bit lower split uh, with that company, or is it better to have been getting the lion's share of that split and do one transaction or 
two transactions or no transactions per year. There's and, a cost and, to that, yeah, right? Because yeah. you're not getting uh, you're not getting very much value at that point. Well, there's a reason point, why they, yeah, they can uh, offer uh, you more. Can you, well, they're not giving uh, you as much. Correct, but uh, the thing is, uh, do you, if you can do three or four or five times more transactions under one structure mm -hmm. uh, versus being in the other structure where uh, yes. you're not getting uh, you're getting more of a limited amount. Uh, that's the balancing. And mm -hmm. as we look analytically again and at the statistics, there's a very high percentage of individuals that are uh, licensed in Illinois uh, but still do not complete any transactions in one year mm -hmm. uh, or one or two transactions a year for many, many years. And ultimately, that would probably be akin to uh, going uh, to uh, you know, to the hospital or going to uh, the doctor and uh, having the diagnosis, and and the guy says to you, "Well, I I had I did one of these last year. Well, whatever it is, you can fill in the blank. I'd rather go to someone that says I did a hundred of these uh, last year, mm -hmm. and it's much more commonplace rather than being in the scenario that you're always having a, a beginner's license, uh, you know, on that. So that's I, just I think it's uh, the thought. Yeah, I think it's absolutely going to be beneficial for uh, somebody who's brand new to get linked up with a company who would offer them maybe a little uh, wider of a split, but you're getting a lot more in return in, in, in way of training and you know um, having access to everything that that company has. Um, because what you, what you do at the beginning of your career, I think is going to kind of dictate the success of your career overall. Because I don't think anyone's gonna come in, get no results, Get a bad taste in their mouth, stop in the business, and then come back later and restart. I think once you've once you've once you've uh, not gotten what you thought you were going to get, you're going to quit, and that's going to be that. But if you can, can actually get off to a good start, you can get some results, you get a taste of what it's like to have some success, then you'll you'll stay in the business. Simply put, so I think it's very important to uh, not just try to go for the for the the extra dollar on day one. Because that option is available. You can get linked up with a company, like you said, where they'll give you a bigger split. But what someone probably doesn't know because they're brand new is that you're not going to get very much in return. Uh, you're not. There's a reason why they can give you more money. It's because they're not investing um, into tools to train you up, or to, you know, there's there's many many tools, many many variables. But it's basically because they're not investing in things that are going to help you. They're just saying, come in, we'll give you more money. Or you pay us a smaller a small fee every month, and then you'll get even more money per transaction. And that sounds enticing to people on day one, but I think that's actually a, a negative thing for most people because if you don't know what to do, you don't have you know the backing there. Uh, when you have questions or you need help for whatever reason, inevitably you're going to fail. I think that's that's reasonable, and then you're out of the business. No, I absolutely agree, and uh, I think all of the statistics show uh, that, uh, and even if you just make a uh, uh, analogy to uh, a rocket ship, uh, you know, taking off. Mm -hmm. uh, you really need that uh, lift, and you need that uh, yep. propulsion to get it off the earth, to get it off the ground. And then once you once that's established, then you can kind of level off and and continue yeah. to keep going up. But if you can't get off the ground, and that's really your first few months in the business, exactly, that's the most important part. That's and the challenge, uh, and then the enthusiasm that's there is certainly higher for most individuals at the beginning. Uh, however, great uh, trainers and great individuals can sometimes be dormant in their career and then can get the spark 
uh, at a later point. I've gone through, like myself personally, I've gone through different phases of my career as an owner of a company, mm-hmm. as a uh, individual that was working on the franchise side, doing a lot of things, and then my own personal sales. And uh, at all different stages of my own personal career, uh, sometimes I had to reinvent myself along that period of time just because mm-hmm. of market conditions. Yeah. So I don't think you ever want to completely rule it out, but there would definitely be a propensity for uh, individuals to have a much better chance in the business if they get off on the right foot. Yeah, I think I'm pretty firm in, in my belief that uh, if you if you don't get good training on day one, and then you don't have the opportunity to actually get a positive result early on, you're going to quit because it's not very pleasant to be working in this business without getting, you know, the payoff in the end. Okay. So, and then once you quit, you're not coming back. So it'd be my humble recommendation to, uh, to do a lot of research and try to get linked up with the company who's going to offer you the most value on day one, not necessarily the most money. Um, and whatever value, however you interpret value from that company is what you should go off of because every company is going to have a lot to offer some, you know, with, with some variance. So interview, you should be the one interviewing, you know, different brokers, different companies, different owners, whatever it is, um, to find the best fit for you, but try to go with the company that's going to give you a lot of value, not necessarily the most money. And you'll probably find it ironic though, that, uh, I never actually wound up Googling any companies on day one. I actually, uh, got linked up with you through a recommendation. Go figure. Uh, through somebody that I know. So you probably get a kick out of that. Yeah, that's good. And, uh, and, and that's, uh, again, it still falls back to the, the same idea, even when working with buyers and sellers, even the most hardcore individuals that are out there saying, uh, internet, the internet, I'm out there, then uh, when it comes time, and I see it very, very often, uh, often through uh, maybe a parent or someone that's a trusted individual, uh, they'll come and they'll say, hey, you know, we've really analyzed the marketplace mm-hmm. and we've looked at th- 37 homes online, but now we're really serious. And it's kind of scary because we don't really completely know and we want somebody that we can trust. So uh, Uncle uh, Joe uh, recommended you. So obviously if it was good enough for Uncle Joe, then it's good enough for us. Can you help us? And if you have that, uh, can you help us uh, coming along the way, then those are uh, the ones, obviously, that uh, can appreciate the value that we do bring in the business. And then uh, I just had a recent sale where uh, I had a buyer, and we kind of hit it off, and uh, she uh, looked at one of my properties, and then uh, later uh, a couple of other ones. And that we didn't move forward on that point, but uh, at, a, at, a, at a later point in the, the, uh, in the uh, time frame, uh, she actually contacted me and said, hey, will you represent me? I like the story that you told. I like that you took the time, you know, to be with us. I like that you actually met us face to face. I had two bad experiences with other brokers that I don't need to go into the details. And I said, no, you don't need to go into it. Yeah. But we'll just do it the way that we do it, and hopefully that's going to be the best way for you. And if again, if you have a client-oriented practice, uh, then uh, ultimately you're trying to keep things moving forward and uh, and and get it, uh, you know, get it to the point where you're. Uh, solving client issues and answering the questions that they have because that's the most important part of the business whatever way you whatever way you cut it absolutely so i think the uh the key for me what i got out of this is uh we have to maintain balance 
You can't be afraid of the future. You can't be afraid of, of uh, new stuff coming out, new tools that are available. But we have to also respect the past and how it's been done. And we have to kind of find the right merge of both of those things. Um, and I don't think there's any better way to have said it, Gino. So let's see if we can preserve that one. How do you, whatever you need to do to preserve that thought. And I think that's a great way to conclude uh, today's session for All Pro TV. So again, thanks very much for joining uh, Gino Pronos and myself, George Ristaw, uh, for uh, today's trip. Uh, and we will be uh, reaching out to you soon with some new ideas and uh, additional topics. Uh, if you are in communication with either of us, feel free to uh, jot us a note or send us an email or how about a text uh, to, text. Uh, yeah. to uh, give us an idea for a future topic uh, for the show. Any final thoughts, Gino? Nope. Okay, Nailed great, it. great. Well, thanks again for uh, putting it all together for today. We right. appreciate it. Thanks, George.